This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash starwarsreport. Let's do the show, folks. Gum, gum, gum. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Woo! Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. And we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Star Wars Report podcast. I'm your host, Riley Blanton. So glad you've joined us back for our ongoing episodes reviewing, talking about, discussing all things Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker. This will be the final tale in the story of Skywalker. Excuse me. I don't know what happened there. Uh, Hey, (laughs) he's he's laughing at my bad impressions. It's Mr. Bruce Gibson. (laughs) It would have been funny if uh, Palpatine did that. I was like, God. <coughs> hey, uh, real quick, though, uh, just <laughs> listening to that uh, show opening. That's uh, one of the things I like about this movie is we got more Maz Kanata besides just a little quick cameo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She was part of the resistance. She finally stepped in because the resistance were born. She's all like, now's not the time, Poe. I have things to do. Yeah, why did she, like, uh, even in that book, I was like, why are we always playing Maz Kanata in, uh, yeah, let's for another time. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to get involved right now. Like, she's always just, like, <laughs> going off so on her own. Just, you know, just passing things But maybe off. that just explains where everybody mm. in the fleet came from. Like, her yeah. wedge, like, you know, that's that was a big pill for me to swallow. But if I think about these people out there, Lando mm. even, they're smooth talkers, and Maz does have a way with people. Mm, that is true. That is true. Uh, well, hey, guys, we are... And that's Mark Herleman, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's her. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Right, right. Welcome back. I it's, you don't hear me much, but I am here. It's not like we've been recording for the last two hours or anything. No, no. What? Uh, <laughs> peeling back the curtain. Um, no, we're here to talk in this episode. This is sort of the, the catch-all, the ending, really. But Wait, um, This isn't the episode where we focus solely on General Hux being a spy? No, <laughs> that's the whole what? topic. That, that was the biggest reveal in the whole damn film. The We're not funny, talking about that for an hour and a half. That's the corniest reveal in the whole film. He's like, I think that's I'm the, the biggest spy. laugh I hear in the theater. <laughs> I, I think for me, the best part was was when Grant's character turns around and just shoots him. We have found the spy. I <laughs> love that part. We found the character that no longer serves any plot point. Wow. Um, no, so no, I, I wanted to... Um, we we really d- uh, did a deep dive on Ray's journey, and then we did uh, kind of broke down Kylo Ren's, and in each of those we touched on sort of the main characters. But we really do have three main characters from the original trilogy, from the Skywalker saga, if you will. I'm sure you guys have never heard those two words before in the last month. Um, in the Skywalker saga, where uh, and, and those are Luke, Leia, and Lando. Interestingly enough, Lando sort of provides his own. Uh, connection to the original trilogy and helps fill in the gaps along the way too. But uh, let's start with Leia because she, I was surprised at how well it worked. Maybe not visual effects wise, there's a little room for improvement, but plot and story wise, I was actually really impressed by how much Leia was actually in this movie. How about you, Bruce? Right. 
Yeah, I was. I mean, well, I wasn't. I wasn't because I've heard JJ say, "Oh, it's not like she's just got one scene and one cameo. She's got, you know, fair amount of scenes in this." So I was like, mm. "Okay, so we're going to see her more than just once or twice." It sounds like, but I do like how it worked. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, I could tell it was from the Force Awakens. I could kind of tell what scenes or maybe what cut scenes it came from. I didn't think Carrie's performance in the Force of Force Awakens was all that great. I thought she did so much better in the Last Jedi, and then I see you know this again. There were some it worked well, and some not so well. But I mean, that's just because I know most right, of us yeah. know. It's- if if you know, just your standard mu- movie viewer probably would not have guessed that mm-hmm. this is what they did. That these were right. cut scenes inserted in. Right. And for me, the, the, the one set of scenes that really drove that home to me was how many times. Nope. It's like, okay, clearly that's that one scene that mm. they filmed like 15 different ways and we're going to utilize it. And I was kind of like, do we really need to utilize it just to give Carrie more time on the screen? Because that's what I felt like it really was. Like, I don't feel like the significance of pass of Ray going, I don't want the lightsaber. And then Leia going, well, you need the lightsaber. No, I don't want the lightsaber, but you need the like, I felt like that was just there just to give Carrie more time. But I really loved, loved, loved when they did the young digitized version of her as the Jedi. Oh, and that was yeah. something that I was worried they weren't going to do because they said they weren't going to do it. And the fact that they did, I was like, thank you, JJ, for lying. I appreciate that very much <laughs> because that was probably my favorite Leia scene in the whole damn movie was that next to just Ray going, master. I was like, oh, she's a, she's a master. Oh, my God. Like that, I may have had a for- fan orgasm over that because I have been the biggest fan of Leia as a Jedi from Legends when she finally stepped into that role and and embraced it and became Jedi Organa so. I mean, so I, I was constantly wondering, you know, what it could have been like, but to have that moment was just so and seeing that young Leia face and the young Luke face, mm-hmm. it like took us back to the original trilogy or yep. right yep. after. Yeah. Right after, yeah. It yep. really was. Yep. And I do love how um, it, 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 there was a purpose to it too, because that's where we sort of see an explanation as for Leia's career choice. Like she was actually training to be a Jedi, and it was her own vision of the f- future. And, and her son's fate and who Ray would eventually be that uh, changed her path. And she quite literally saved her lightsaber for later. And I really did like, there's a, there's a poetry to that. And it really connected to Ray's story very well. When it connects to Luke, too, because a lot of people had an issue with Luke having a moment of doubt with Ben and standing over here and igniting his lightsaber. Why would Luke do that? Well, now we have more of a reason why. Leia could have been one of those Jedi that had visions that came true quite a bit, so much so that Luke had to lean on the side of, holy crap, she's right, and I just had a vision too, confirming it. I may have to do something about it. And then we have that moment of indecision that basically seals the deal for Ben. Right. Yeah. I mean, I to, for me that was helpful. That was one of the the many things in this movie that did make what we got in the last Jedi that I had issue with a lot more tolerable. And, I, and I that's what we need that. to do on future episodes is actually now examine the Force Awakens mm. after seeing this movie and then examine right. the Last Jedi. Right. Right. Yeah, I think so for sure. Yeah, uh, and and I th- and and see how that 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 story plays out through all of them and in a way it's interesting to see that ray that jj was able to work around but it is a workaround so like as you um as, as i watched the film you can kind of see the way they shot it where some of the shots where daisy ridley's talking to a stand-in or that lays some of lays dialogue is a little shall we say generic 
Uh, and so you can kind of fill in those gaps. But again, it's sort of that curse of knowledge because we know that's how, I don't know that I w- it, the average fan is going to notice that. Right. Yeah. Um, but well, she- and Snap and uh, Rose were in a scene with Leia. Yeah, and they were true. never on. Well, Snap right. probably was, but yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Um, but I you like. Know, the... I don't think he was ever called Snap in the film. There was a moment where they called him Wexley, and I was just like, because that was always a thing. Because like they they called him Snap in the first one, right? And then the books are like, well, but his name is uh, Wexley, and he's Temin, and and he goes by Temin Wexley, and then the, uh, you know, there's this whole thing back and forth between Wedge and them, and calling him, you know, Snap. It's it's my call sign. That's my name. I go by Snap, and like mm-hmm. I, I, I the. Resistance Reborn really gave me a profound love for Snap's character, mm. and, I, and I have to say that's probably Snap's probably one of my favorite things about Chuck Wendig's books. He got, <laughs> I got to say, Mark, he got the biggest laughs in both screenings that I've been to. Is his little line about, "Oh, it's it's going great. I can't wait. We're gonna we're fine." <laughs> you like that right. line? Actually, got the right. most laughs. And and that was in, and in the books and stuff. I mean, that's the play up on his relationships with people. Like his mom thinks when they come to recruit him that that snap's just here to throw me into the blender to get back at me for all the crap I did in his life. Cause snap grew up as a bad kid. Like he was into stealing things and doing things like that. So, and, and in resistance reborn, there's a moment too, where wedge calls him son and he calls him dad and they have that, mm-hmm. that bond. So when snaps character dies on screen and then wedge and Nora, I'm assuming Nora was there. We never saw Nora. I have no idea what Nora looks like. You know, and that was one of my issues because, like, Riken was there. General Riken should have been showing up at somewhere to help out. I love seeing Poe and Finn become generals and stuff. But with them showing up right after Snap died, I was just like, and they missed it. They they weren't even there for it. Like, they're going to find out after the fact. That broke me, man, at so many levels. And it was, for me, that was a good thing and a bad thing at the same time, right? Because the books did such a good job of building up that character that I had the profound emotional impact I had with him crashing on the side. It wasn't just like Porkins going down and people making puns and stuff Listen, like that. For me, I there cried. was an emotional moment. I cried when Porkins went down. I just want you to know. I, <laughs> I still mourn Porkins to this day. No, I, yeah, I see what Riley you even said about that before we went into The Rise of Skywalker, how he was hoping there wasn't going to be another Porkins moment because <laughs> it upset him. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't handle that kind of thing. Um, yeah, but but back to kind of Leia. I, I will say this about Wexley and, and some of those rebels. It's nice to see Leia interacting with them. It kind of brought them into with, with Snap sacrifice. It, I think it made it more meaningful that he had interacted with Leia. It sort of earned his place more, maybe with the the New Republic slash Resistance slash Rebellion. Although they kind of they've they've kind of abandoned the Resistance moniker at this point. But I like the way that Leia also plays that kind of small role of giving her scenes with the the rest of the the the, the new rebellion but mm-hmm. it's really her her role her ultimate her penultimate moment of the film is her shot at redeeming we talked about this one in the kylo episode but her shot at redeeming kylo she plays that central role where she a mother gives her last where mm-hmm. she sacrifices herself reaching out one last time to kylo showing that she still has faith that there's good in him um like that that was such a beautiful moment it's sort of ray's act of kindness healing her act of sacrifice and then finally han solo's memory that redeems kylo but i i felt like this this moment setting ben on a path apart from the dark side is really i mean it's probably the best exit as as far as i can think for like well it's a great way to take this character and a performance that wasn't done for this film and make it such a central piece of yeah. the film and a turning point in the film. It's brilliant how that was worked in. Mm-hmm. 
and also the problem with talking about these topics is things come up that make me want to go off topic. Uh, but <laughs> that's, that's fair. It's right. kind of similar to this. No, but, no, that's okay. Uh, you were saying about Leia uh, seeing that this still good in Ben, mm. and you remember Luke said in the Last Jedi uh, he did not sense that. You know, Ray's telling I can't save you know, him. Luke, yeah, and I just kept I thought about that after this movie, and I thought was Palpatine blocking that from Luke from seeing mm. the good in Ben, mm. and that's good. why he was so terrified of Kyle or Ben. Because he couldn't sense any good where he could in his father. Yeah. Because maybe Vader was able to project that good around Palpatine. No, no, Vader, Vader, when he throws Sidious down the shaft, right? And Sidious is taken out of place, so to speak. Think about the Shroud of the Dark Side, right? Yoda's fallen, the Shroud of the Dark Side is. In that act, yeah. Palpatine can't focus on the Shroud of the Dark Side, right? But at some point, he does build up his power again. And at some point, that shroud had to have dropped. And I'm betting he dropped it when either before Luke pulled away from the Force or around that time. And that was probably what helped block a lot of things. Because Luke never says Palpatine turned him. You know, he's, it's always Snoke. And even Leia, even though Leia knew that Rey was a Palpatine, they never put two and two that Snoke was being manipulated by Palpatine and all that. You right. know, like, so it was never, a, you know, Palpatine was behind all of this. I mean, they do say that at the very end, but it's much, it's once that is so in your face that everyone's like, oh, oh, okay. But, you know, Riley, you were talking about Rose, and I've heard a lot of people complaining that Rose didn't get enough time in the film. And a lot of people were upset that Rose was introduced what looked to be like a love interest or a foil for Finn's character. And then she's just kind of tossed off the side and we don't see her much in this film. Resistance Reborn does touch on the fact that they decided to be friends and not go forward. Uh, but I did think it was also interesting that when Jana's character was introduced and the the you know backstory of her character you know, rhyming and mirroring Finn so much, they almost felt like she was introduced for Finn as a love interest at some point too. Like there was a lot of little things going on for the side characters, but I think the problem was, was there just wasn't much focus on them. I mean, it was there, but it just wasn't so in your face. But I think that was the problem with this whole film was that it was just so much happening that you couldn't really take time to pause on the things mm, and flesh yeah. them out somewhere. It was just, yeah, you know, we're just we're moving along. Well, it is, and and all those little hints by doing that creates more character for you and more speculation, as opposed to just avoiding that altogether. Just put little hints in there, and it, it makes you think there's more depth to these characters because it's like life, you know, you know, friends forever, but you don't know everything about them, and there's little hints yeah, that that's true. kind of clue you into some things. And and I also sometimes wonder if this was done with the mm. intention of, well, maybe this won't be the final of the saga, or maybe this will lead to a separate set of films that yeah. we can play with these later. Because I, I've heard people say, this movie feels like a great ending, but yet it felt almost open-ended when right. we see Ray Re there on Tatooine. Ray right. returning to Tatooine. And I, I thought... I, I thought it was very poetic that she goes back to Tatooine. And this was a JJ, sure, this was a JJ Candy moment, but this is, this, this shows what, who this film was made for by ending on Tatooine as, well, as the, as Revenge of the Sith ended on Tatooine. There's a, there's a very poetic nature where they really, you know, as much as they talked a good game about all, this wraps up all nine saga films. I really did appreciate how they we got that visual of Ray going to the homeworld of Luke Skywalker, and I've seen some criticism 
that I think is grossly unwarranted about, no, why would that place mean anything to Ray? It takes away, it's just fan service for Star Wars fans. It took away from Ray's journey. I was like, no. Hey, guess who in the movie like literally changed her path and made her decide to go take on the mantle of the Jedi Order? Luke freaking Skywalker. It makes mm-hmm. sense that she would go back to his home, right? Well, and well, also and he was and a legend. Leia. Yeah. Yeah. But also well, Leia, Leia was her mentor also, but her home was destroyed. The yeah, only home yeah. that's left is Luke's. Yeah. Well, and when she found out that Luke was real, like, right, she was invested in the legend of Luke Skywalker. So his I background, thought, where I, he came from, him being a moisture farmer on Tatooine. I thought he was a know, myth. He, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, that would be something like, you know, think about that. You know, you find out that Alexander the Great is real and you find Alexandria. I mean, and that's something you've been into for a long time wouldn't you want to go to the place and walk in that location yeah Yeah. and also keep in mind when you see things in a film that's just in the film i mean if you expand your mind through Mm. this you think well she may be visiting other places yeah that are related Mm -hmm. to luke and leia and the former rebellion and all these things in her lifetime and she may even go to the moon of endor where the ewoks are and just want to visit the ewoks because she's heard the legend of luke and leia and han being there Mm. right yeah right Exactly. Her own pilgrimage. No. Yeah. Yep. Well, um, you know, let's touch base briefly on um, Lando because we haven't mm-hmm. really talked about him at all. I did. No, I did really love had. his reveal, though. Man, he's a pretty good uh, archer. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, it kind of. Uh, but it, it, it seems like he had a subplot that was cut pretty short. They allude to it with Jana possibly yeah. being his daughter at the end. There's that little moment like oh, he's I also wonder. a good archer. Mm, yeah, that's yes. true. Ooh, but you that's that's point. one of the things. The Rise of Skywalker Visual Dictionary has been putting out a lot of answers yes. and lots of tidbits. And this is one of those that came out because the book explains that when peace reigned, Lando attempted to start a family, but tragedy struck and his infant daughter vanished. Mm-hmm. Vanished, right? Was... It was only later that it became clear who the culprits behind the abduction were, the First Order, building their fighting forces, but also specifically striking out at old Alliance leadership. Now, the old striking at the old leadership, that was an issue I had with Poe when he was talking to uh, uh, Zvio or whatever uh, Carrie Russell's character was. Oh, he's Zori, like, everybody yeah. turned their back on me. I'm like, man, that was such a great opportunity to mention the fact that the First Order was taking out all the sympathizers. They were, you know, anybody that could have possibly been there was being rounded up and captured, you know, and so that was an opportunity. But to find out that that, when he says, you know, well, let's find out. I had that feeling then, like, well, are they hinting that that might be his daughter? And then to find out that this book is basically saying, yeah, or at least strongly alluding to it, mm. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, and it's it's pretty cool. Uh, and I like the I like that they hinted at it, but it would have been cool to see. But I totally understand why that kind of distracts from Luke, Leia, Ray, and Ben's right. and Han's story. Yes. Like, and I can see why you minimize that a little bit. So- Side that they can't focus on these things. So what we have are a series of great opportunities to continue the storytelling in the medium of the books and comics. Mm. Now it's on Lucasfilm to capture that and to deliver on that. Will they do it? I don't know. Uh, they've done it with certain things in the past. I'm I'm hopeful that they'll do it. There are so many aspects of the story of this entire uh, trilogy that I would love to see more of. And we're starting to get the fall of Luke, uh, or not Luke, but fall of Luke's order with Ben and stuff in that Kylo Ren comics that's coming out. I think issue one's out. I don't know if two's out yet. But I'm just, the fact that we're starting to get those things, those are things I've been itching for from the moment The Force Awakens came out. Yeah, so we, now we have... Let up. Yeah, we have... Um, I'm looking I'm looking here. They, they have uh, The Rise of Kylo Ren. That's coming out 
in Jan. I just have a list of future publishing and comics, and that's really where I'm most interested. The rise of Kylo Ren. Um, I've got Target Vader. The trade paperback will be coming out. So there's there's Rise of Kylo Ren three. Um, they've had some of the Age of comics, but I'm I'm really interested in this Rise of Kylo Ren um, series. So uh, there's 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 we some find out publishing. in that because I've read the first one. We find out that for them, Ren is basically the Force. It's it's mm, yeah. That's the power that that order is kind of following. So mm. uh, it's definitely interesting. Mm. And it hopefully will give us more details. Because, like, when the Knights of Ren surround Ben, like, I wanted some dialogue there, right? Because I was thinking, like, are these guys the Jedis? How's that work? You know, we know he's Kylo of the Ren, and we think that that's a title, meaning he's in charge. And he was definitely leading them everywhere. But, man, I wanted to have a moment where they were, like, coming around the corner going, traitor! Traitor! <laughs> uh, that was actually, that was pretty epic, that whole the Knights of Ren, like, granted, they don't do a lot, but they look pretty badass. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, they really don't do much. It's like they could have just you could just put stormtroopers or Sith troopers in place of them. Yeah, but they, they don't look they, as cool. They, they, they look more cool. Than just a regular file bad guys, right? They're like the Inquisitors of the First Order. They're the so I, I think the only purpose yeah. they had and the reason why they weren't talking is they were just there for eye candy. They were there for us to watch Ben Solo be a Jedi again mm. and. In that regard, it delivered visually. I was behind myself with that whole, you know, Ray reaching behind her hand with the saber, and all of a sudden Ben's got it in his hand. I'm like, that's destiny. That was meant to happen. Ben was meant to weld this. It calls to you. Remember when Maz said that? We never found out how Maz got it. Doesn't really matter at this moment, but I still want to know. But we know that it called to her so she could be there to give it to him so he could fulfill his destiny and come back to the light. And I thought that was just such a brilliant play. Mm, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I loved it. I. Do you, we and we do have one more email we're going to do, but before we do that, I, I just have to ask you, Bruce, we've we've kind of danced around, but when we're talking about Luke, Leia, Lando, especially Luke, mm-hmm. how do you see this as the fulfillment of his character's journey? Um, and how well do you think it connected to the original trilogy? Mm. Oh my gosh, this is tough. Uh, I haven't thought about this all that much. But yeah, I mean, because we got the original trilogy and then, of course, we go into the sequel trilogy and there's, you know, people that complain about how Luke's character is representative in this trilogy. Um, You know, for me, this wraps up really well because I accepted what was done in The Last Jedi uh, with this character of Luke because Luke has such a big heart. Hmm. And he cares so much that, yeah, if he is going to cut himself off, which JJ established, he went to this remote island, you know, this isn't really all that different from Yoda and Obi-Wan cutting themselves off during the whole Empire's reign. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could say, well, yeah, but they were waiting for Luke. They were waiting for the, you know, this next redemption that could happen with the son of Vader. But it's like there's all this death and destruction going on for two decades. You know, they just sit back. And to me, Luke sitting back and just saying, hey, you know what? I, you know, there's so much I, I can't do at all. And mm. it, it's such a burden because he wants to, to the point that it's so overwhelming that he cuts himself off. It's that fear. And if anything we've learned from these movies is the whole, you know, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate. And his fear could leave him to anger and hate into the dark side of himself. So why not just cut yourself off, go to the Jedi Island, surround yourself by that, and just 
I guess, yeah, wait to die. I don't know if that's really what he was planning to do, what like he said he was going to wait to die, but he learned his left lesson that, you know, fear is something you need to conquer. It's something you have to face to turn it around. And that's what he was trying to explain in this film to Ray. So I think it's a good arc for Luke. I like the story of Luke through all these films. Mm. I want to know the conversation Yo- uh, Yoda and Luke have in the afterlife when Luke's sitting there watching Ray and Ray pulls out the sacred text, you son of a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be... <laughs> yeah, that is pretty funny. Well, uh, a question I have for you guys, because I've seen people speculate that we're done with stories after episode nine. Do you guys think that we're going to see books or comics or maybe even later movies that deal with the timeline past this point? Or do you think that Lucasfilm is going to choose to make this an end cap and that we're not going to tell any stories here, but we're just going to fill in stories between these time frames of, uh, you know, the earliest books that we have now yeah. around episode one to episode nine. What do you guys feel about that? Mm, that's a tough one. I, I really think if I were to take a guess that Lucasfilm is ready for a clean slate after this, I think that they, they want, they'll have more confidence in a future story that does not involve, um, the characters from this trilogy because it just gives them more freedom of storytelling and with the especially with the hiring on of kevin feige that mm-hmm. that's all he did with marvel was like hey how can we reset the whole dynamic and tell a completely different kind of superhero movie and he did it over and over again he did it with um the thor movie where they told a, a mystical fantastical movie they did it mm-hmm. with guardians when they did a space rock and roll movie with the talking tree and raccoon um they they just did it over they did it with ant-man when they did a heist movie so i think where they originally thought that that was going to be the spin-off films i think they want to take that same flexibility of storytelling to say we can do movies in the future that certainly reference the mythology of the skywalkers but it's not the carrying on of their story and it's not the carrying on of even ray's story because i i think there's just this is unfortunate reality i think there's just enough baggage with these films that I think Disney's ready to, to start fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bruce? I, I mean, I agree. I, I think that's one of the problems we've had with these films of so many complaints is because they're trying to play off the old films and they yeah. just really right. need to establish their own stories and, and, and characters and just go from there. I'm not saying that I think this is the end necessarily of Ray, Poe and Finn. We could mm-hmm. see other movies involving them, even if they made it into a separate trilogy of films or they made an episode 10, 11, 12. I think they've done a good job of capping it off and saying, we're done with the old films. We're not referencing Vader, Palpatine, Skywalker. Even though Ray's going by a Skywalker last name, it's mm-hmm. not the Skywalker bloodline. Mm. It's done. It's rested. We can start fresh, new villains, new situations, new whatever, and still utilize these characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, which I would like to see. See, I'm of the opinion that I would love to see them answer some things like, do we see Ray rebuild the order? One thing I really want to know is who runs the galaxy now? I mean, yeah. you know, it, it looked poised to be that the first order was still in power, and yet we see a lot of the Star Destroyers and stuff falling. 
So now is the resistance going to form a new, new Republic? Are they going to become the galaxy of free uh, alliances? Something different like that. But you could do, if they did decide to go back, right now I'm just seeing if they do go any way forward, I see it doing it book and comic and things like that first, right? Establish some new characters, things like that. Maybe then down the road, come in with a movie about those new characters and you could have one of those new characters be a Jedi in Ray's order. So you could have a cameo of Ray teaching a class, right? Uh, or you could have one of them in the military where say General Finn is, you know, teaching the new uh, the new shock troopers and General Poe Dameron is teaching pilots or something like that and have them have cameos in it to tie it in but have it be a focus on this new generation. But there's a lot of people out there that really think that they, that this, you know, after episode nine, there will be nothing new in that and that they're just going to focus and tell stories in the past. And I said, that's something I was curious what you guys said on that because that's definitely something that, while I've seen people reacting to it, I haven't heard anything from the Lucasfilm mm. era or, uh, yeah. you know, end of things aside from this is the end of the saga we're not gonna have heard twice if i were disney one of my concerns would be that where do we go to next and do we start with all new characters all new locations all different timeline differently i mean are people going to respond meaning the general audience are they going to be interested in that or do we keep with daisy ridley and john boyega let's keep with these actors and do something more something different but right. still utilize these characters. I, I think the closest that we can get to seeing it being successful is in leg, uh, Legends with the Legacy comics, right? Where they said 140 years after the Battle of yeah. Yavin. Or, and, you know, you've got Cade Skywalker, who's a descendant of Luke. Or in this case, you could have a descendant of Rey and have these characters show up, like Rey show up as a Force ghost or something. But I want to say that the actors are pretty much kind of hinted that they're done. They don't really feel a need to come back. So you'd also have to play with that. Like, how money, would you money, be money, 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 money? <laughs> I know, because I was thinking immediately of, yeah. of uh, Daniel Craig with the bond. Like, I'm done. I'm not going to do it. Well, that paycheck looks pretty good. Okay, one more with feeling. <laughs> yeah. I I think I think the legacy comic way, which I love those comics, by the way, um, going that route or heading all the way back to... Um, old republic era i think going forward or back in time a lot is going to be the way to go it just gives more creative freedom to a someone like a kevin feige who can distill and maybe tell a more simple star wars tale a more um mythological star wars movie that gets back to the roots of what we love about star wars the hero's journey in a way that's um, not been told before in Star Wars. That has different visuals, different characters, a different era, maybe the Old Republic Jedi, for an, for example, See, or off in Old the future. Old Republic's the way to go. I, I honestly, and I hate to be the, the fan wish, I wish this, I wish that, but if I were just picking one out, that would be probably what I would be most excited about off the bat. If And we're going to find out next year, I, I guarantee yeah, you, but, celebrations when they announce it. And I, 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 I agree. But I, I'm also thinking from a corporate standpoint, I'm picturing this boardroom of people discussing these, which unfortunately that's how movies are made <laughs> by, you know, these yeah. corporate people or whatever before they get made. But, you know, you look at the Harry Potter franchise and how successful and then, oh, well, let's go in the past, Fantastic Beasts, and it's not performing well. The, and the, a lot of the fans don't like it. And, and it, I, it's, I can just see it right now where Warner Brothers is sitting there going, can we bring Harry Potter back in some way? And oh, I feel God. like if Star Wars we do that, it's going to be those same type of discussions. Well, I think the one thing that if you go, you know, you could go either direction, but I think by going back, you have more opportunity because we don't know much about the Sith, 
right? We don't know how they formed. We don't know if they were a splinter group of Jedi and stuff. Like, that hasn't been solidified. We do know that there was the Bane and the Rule of Two and stuff. But I think if you go back and you you can get into some philosophical discussions, you can get into some mythical stuff, get into that aspect back with their, you know, learning about the Force and when they're coming across this stuff for the first time. I think you can go back into that era and really flesh out the reason of why it's important that you're using these powers for good versus for evil, you know, and that whole gray area because that was something the new Jedi Order played with where you know they talked about the Jedi Order being a globe and Luke Skywalker and Kip Duron were the poles but would that that interest your daughter you said she's a big Ray fan if that kind of movie came out would she be like yeah dad let's do it or would she like yeah I don't know because I feel like my kids don't I don't think they'd really care if I explained that that is definitely that's that's the crux of the issue is where are you aiming for more are you going for more of the people that you just draw into the new characters or do you go for people in the more general audience no, of, no, you know we've no, loved Star Wars from the beginning and I think I think that they're going to go with that route because it seems like with a lot of the decisions that they make they're like well we always get new fans yeah but how do we retain the old fans because I mean that's something well, with legends I've always watched when the new stories come out like Chewie dies in, in New Jedi Order a lot of people were done book one they were like I'm done I'm no, I'm not coming back. And yet other people were just discovering that. I was one of those that just came in after but, that and was like, I gobbled it up. We've gotta we've gotta remember though, this is this is what this is what Star Wars desperately needs, I think, moving forward. Mm-hmm. And and this is a, a this is a fascinating discussion because we are at a point now of what's next, right? What's next mm-hmm. for the Star Wars franchise. And and Star Wars def, def, desperately needs just a great, simple film free of the baggage of what the sequel trilogy has had. And I and and I think you don't have to rely on old characters. If you have a great film that has good word of mouth, because this is a Star Wars movie, you're going to have a baseline of people who are going to see it regardless. And if it's good, you will have that Guardians of the Galaxy effect. That first Guardians of the Galaxy, the opening weekend was like normal Marvel, but it just kept making money weekend after weekend because word of mouth was great. And people said this crazy weird movie with the talking tree and talking raccoon is just fun. Soundtrack. It's just a great soundtrack. It's a rock and roll fun time. It's crazy weird. And you're going to love it. Even if you've never read a Marvel comic in your life, it's off the wall because you care about the characters. Each character is relatable. You have the star Lord who loses his mother and just trying to find his way. Like you don't have to know the, the lore behind guardians of the galaxy to appreciate the movie. And that's what star Wars needs again. Yeah, you go back in the past, right? Say, because again, we don't know anything about the Sith, but if we assumed that the Sith spawned out of Jedi like they did in Legends, right? You could make your main character the one character that steps away from the light and embraces the dark side, right? That's, that's, you know, film one. And then you go through the travel of the war between the Sith and the Jedi. And you could maybe wrap it all up eventually at like episode six or something where Bane comes in and Bane realizes, hey, the Sith way isn't really the way. And he refines it and you end it with Bane establishing a rule of two or something like that, mm, right? Yeah. So you, and, and then you have that tie-in again. Because all we really know right now about the old Sith is that Bane started a rule of two because there was too many of them and it, it made things really hard for him. So, I mean, I think if you go back, there's just so much lore there that they have wide open that that would definitely be a way to really yeah. play it up. And just think about all those Yoda characters you could have. Hey. Hey, Mark, here's a throwback to our early podcasting days. You were deceived. Right. Right. The, right. That, that, little, that little Old Republic trailer just right. sparked my teenage imagination when I first saw it. Um, I imagine, you know. imagine, I mean, because that's the thing about Luke's order falling. Like, I wanted to watch that fall on screen. Now, imagine watching a Jedi order just like we did with, with Order 66, but with Sith 
instead of stormtroopers, mm. right? Mm. All those blades lighting up on that shuttle as they come yeah. running down the ramp. You're like, oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> and what I would like to see if it goes that direction, I think it would also help that if you have series on Disney Plus that tie into that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That you're you know, you're watching Disney Plus and you're watching this series and now that character is going to be in that movie or something in that storyline is going to be resolved in that movie and it's all interconnected. You're like building like that Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're building you've that got, Marvel universe. You got a Jedi Academy series. It's all set in the old Republic and you're having all these Jedi and stuff and then the movie comes out and you find out that like, you know, character X falls to the dark side and then that impacts the the TV show because they're like, yes. "Oh my god, did you hear about what happened to Revan's character?" And you're like, "What what happened to Revan? What? Revan did what? Yeah, Revan fell to the dark side." And then all of a sudden, "Holy crap, here's Revan's order in the TV show. Oh my god, we're watching it on two mediums at the same time." And they're like, <laughs> "You have to watch the TV show to see how the battles come and then the next movie's like, in the dust of the order falling. And then you have something like with KOTOR 2 where the Jedi are almost all dead and there's like one character out there that's just holding the light. And <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean there's I, I think that the the there's a lot more you can do in the past than in the future right now. I, I at least from what I know of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it, there's there's so ago. much there's so much so much potential. Um, and not to take away from our discussion of of Rise of Skywalker. Again, I love this movie. I I cannot. There's so much more to process and go through. But I just listen. I love I love Star Wars and I love Star Wars movies and I and I love talking about them with my friends. And I hope that's how you feel. Um, and I hope that you are uh, are a part of that uh, as we go forward because we have a lot more to discuss. We got future episodes. A little tease right here. Um, I'm going to be going down to. Uh, well, actually, by the time this episode comes out, I will have already headed down and recorded a a commentary track with the one and only Scott Rifen uh, available that you can uh, listen to um, for The Rise of Skywalker uh, and uh, an episode on the music. Uh, we've already gotten an email about that, but I'll be producing that. So we've got a lot of Rise of Skywalker content coming um, as well, But uh, and your emails, but also a quick shout out to our sponsor. They've been sponsoring us in the journey to and now the fallout from The Rise of Skywalker. It's the Fan Dummies podcast. Hey, they're releasing episodes every Monday and Thursday talking about everything in the world of geekdom, uh, everything from Walking Dead to uh, to Marvel to Star Trek. Got the new Picard series coming out. I know you're into that, Bruce. Um, but uh, but they've number one. It's it was here it was here uh but of course rise of skywalker that's what's all on all of our minds check them out uh and all of the latest content that's available anywhere where you download podcasts it's fan dummies podcast at fandummies.com and we do thank fan dummies for supporting the star wars report podcast um we have an email this is from wes uh says hey star wars report few quick thoughts first off it was clear to me watching the rise of skywalker the first time that leia sent han to ben to use the force because she knew it was what he needed to be redeemed and forgive himself. Um, Maz set it, uh, set it up well with her saying when she said to R2 that she needed to do this to save her son and it was going to take every uh, take all out of her. Building on that, it added weight to when Ray called her master. It gave credence to the idea that uh, her abilities with the force were nurtured over her lifetime, even if she didn't take on the mantle of Jedi per se. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's a good point because that really it does give a weight to Leia's character that she needed in a way that was hard to do when you can't give her dialogue, you can't shoot additional scenes. I thought it was really well done. Right. Uh, Wes goes on to say, second, here we go, the kiss. 
<clears throat> the kiss between Ben and Ray would have uh, made more sense if he didn't die right after. It was the thing that felt most like fan service to me. Granted, her comment earlier that she wanted to take Ben's hand showed that she cared for him, but I felt like her stabbing him with a lightsaber ended any idea of Raylo. <laughs> um, it would have worked much better uh, if he had lived. Um, and then finally, Ray is a complete Skywalker now. She was part of the dyad with Ben when he healed her, but he uh, passed the rest of his essence to Ray and now lives in her. And it, that's why I think it, um, we didn't see him as a force ghost at the end. Uh, it's also why Ray is the rise of Skywalker. That's an interesting added dimension mm-hmm. to the dyad concept of like, yep. he is now linked to her through the force. Yep. Um, that's more of a reach, but I kind of like where you're going, Wes. I kind of, well, I was thinking the opposite. Like I said, when, when it looked like they killed Ray, I was like, oh wow, she, her essence is going to live inside him. And now we have the opposite of that, which, you know, that would also be a good in opportunity for Fruit of the Tales to find out that there was a lingering darkness that not just in her from her being a Palpatine, but from Ben that speaks to the side of Palpatine. And she's even more fighting that internal darkness. Yeah. No. I've Although I doubt she would. Cr- I've heard a lot of criticism about uh, Ben not showing up as a force ghost at the end. And I don't agree with that, that uh, he should have, because, you know, she went to Tatooine. She went to Luke's farmstead where he grew up because I feel like she was going there to honor her mentor. Mm. And that includes Leia. And she buried the lightsabers of Luke and Leia. This is her moment with them. Yeah. Not with Ben. I mean, I hadn't- he could show up as a force force goes to her other places but not that moment no see i i like the moment as it was and i hadn't Same. thought about that but now that you guys mentioned that having been there it makes me think and i'm like you know that would have been cool but i wouldn't want it been i would have wanted all the jedi okay like put yeah. all of them there everybody that ever spoke have them all there like it's just one big we're all here one to honor the skywalkers and the legacy and the the, the light side of the force like that would have been a cool moment just in that regard like if you had had like kind of like the end of episode one where they're all there you know and peace and you got them all standing around in a line like but we're all here for a funeral of sorts of putting to rest the skywalker saga like I'm I'm still happy with what I got, but I think that that might have been a more powerful scene had you had like 48 force ghosts of Jedi that all helped Ray get to that point, be there to recognize everything that happened. Like, and I wouldn't have thought about that except for your email. Thanks, Wes. Yeah, no, it's a, that's a good point. It's, I kind of thought maybe Hayden would show up there, but um, I didn't think about it. Oh, I ben. wish. Yeah. We were both kind of thinking about that. Mm hmm. Um, and uh, Wes did follow up actually he said hey sorry to send this uh, well he's had to send a couple follow up emails but he said uh, had to expound more just saw Rise of Skywalker for the second time Ray's lightsaber is double bladed at the yes, end it is. when she ignites it you can see the opposite end is exactly the same as the lighted end and it's slightly longer than normal lightsaber uh, do any other Jedi have one I don't remember Yes. Uh, Mark, you're the man who would know this. Cause I, yes, Pong Krell had one. In the Clone Wars, uh, yeah. And I want to say that a lot of the Jedi Sentinels had some, too. Um, so, yeah. And theirs were also yellow. So. Yeah. And then I know, of course, Knights of the Old Republic and some of the old video games, Old Republic era, had double-bladed Jedi yep. lightsabers. But it's, Exar Kun had one. Um, yeah, there's, there's quite a bit out there. Yeah. But I don't think that was a... Jo- 
I think that was a more expanded universe yeah, element. Was. That was not as yeah. much a George thing because I think George. Did- everything you got with George was in the Clone Wars, and then we did have a surprising amount of Jedi that had double lightsabers and yellow on you know new color added. What I thought was really cool though about the lightsaber was that the lightsaber hilt itself was so dark. Um, some people have speculated that maybe Ray went back to the Death Star and took some metal from the Death Star to honor her heritage and rising above the darkness within you that you don't have to be condemned to or embrace your family's heritage just because the family was you know dark their whole lives doesn't mean that you're trapped to it i i just man but that lightsaber design it 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 was basically the same thing that was on the end of her quarterstaff which you know i've been calling from the start was a lightsaber just sitting there in plain sight you can see the buttons and everything so i thought that was just a brilliant move for them to finally do that like i was waiting for that i was kind of a little upset that it wasn't on the staff but you can't really have a double-bladed lightsaber if it's at the on the end of a staff that becomes more of a force pike <laughs> yeah which would be kind of cool but no i i appreciate i thought it was a significant moment for her to have her own lightsaber it was kind of a completion of her mm-hmm. own journey uh, yep. as a jedi and I'm I'm glad that she didn't use Luke's the whole time or Leia's because yeah because even if they make more movies then you still have connection to Luke and Leia because she's using their sabers exactly exactly uh, well thanks for the email Wes uh, you too can email us a Star Wars report at gmail dot com that's where you want to stay in touch with us and hey you want to stay in touch between shows a couple ways to do that uh, of course the primary one uh, is a way to get free uh, bonus content. Well, actually, we have we have all kinds of bonus content available, uh, some for free and some not. We will have the Rise of Skywalker commentary track, which is available in episode segments here in the podcast feed coming up, but also the complete, uh, uninterrupted, full commentary that you can sync up and go to the movie theater and watch it yourself. It's available at our Patreon, patreon.com slash Star Wars Report for free. Uh, but you can also uh, pledge to our Rogue Transmissions, five bucks a month, and you get access to our weekly bonus content, our weekly Rogue Transmissions podcast at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Uh, Bruce, tell uh, tell the people where they can find you. Well, when I'm not watching the finale of The Mandalorian, which has been out for a while since this episode drops, but this is being recorded before that episode drops. Yes. Uh, confusing. Uh, <laughs> I'm on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex, and you can find me on the Trek FM network of podcasts. Excellent. Excellent. Mr. Mark Hulliman. Well, you can always find me in Grants Pass, Oregon. That's where I live. Or out at scouting <laughs> events, because that's what I'm always doing. But online, I'm a logical rogue, too. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, but mostly Facebook. Nice. I kind of live there. Yeah. Well, the place I live is Instagram these days, at the Riley Guy. That's where you want to find R-I-L-E-Y. Uh, Post in there all the time on my stories and, and fun stuff like that. But also on Twitter, at the Riley Guy. Uh, if you are enjoying the podcast, make sure you subscribe to it on whatever podcatcher you desire. If you use the Apple uh, podcast app, do us a favor and uh, leave us a rating and review. We really do appreciate that. And it helps get the word out about the show. So um, just make sure you check it out. Uh, Available wherever you download podcasts, you can subscribe and subscribe. We're also available on Spotify, the Google uh, Podcast Store. It's wherever you get podcasts. That's pretty much where you can get the Star Wars Report. But uh, I think that's going to pretty much wrap up another episode of the Star Wars Report. Until next time, I just want to say, may the Force be with you. And remember, many Bothans died to bring you this podcast.
You ever realize that for many Bothans to have died to bring you this podcast must mean we're broadcasting out of the enemy's base? <laughs> That's true. That's a fair point. <laughs> I, I got to tell you guys, this soundtrack is pretty great. I heard someone say that if you take the eighth note out of Ray's theme, you basically have Palpatine's theme. Oh, really? I'll have to look into yeah, that. They're like, they're like, it's in your face the whole time. Take that. I was like, really? Wow. wow. Who'd have known? Wow. And then I thought of you. I was like, well, Riley would have known, but clearly you didn't. No, but I'm, I'm going to Google more. it. That's what I'm going <laughs> to do. you got to tell me if it's proved. Hey, guys. Whew. We just knocked out. Hang on. This is the longest.